Hi, I'm Nick McAvoy, and uh, five months ago, I was strapped. I lost my wife to cancer, and I lost half my income, but my bills didn't cut in half. And uh, I didn't know what to do. I went uh, a month before I did anything, because my wife took care of all the, the bills. And uh, once I got looking into things, I was, I was in, I was completely strapped. I was, I didn't know which way to turn. And uh, I started praying to God, what, 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 I, what do I need to do? And I just started uh, trusting God. And I said, I don't have any other choice but to really trust in God. After about a, a month of uh, sorting through th of my wife's passing, I uh, sat down one day and I, I knew I had to take care of my bills. And uh, and when I uh, started going through all my bills, I realized that uh, I was in I was in the hole. And um, and that's when I just stopped right there and I just said, God, I have to I uh, I need your help. Uh, you know, I don't know um, what what to do, where to go, and so I just started. I, I started paying the bills that I could, and I just at, would ask God, God, give me direction, and I will honor you with the first of my fruits, which was any money that I would get. I would I would be sure to tithe on that, no matter what it was, and um, so that's what I did. I started putting God first, I'd tithe first, and then I would pay my bills. And then I started calling, you know, I would just start calling these different companies and things started changing around just almost miraculously. I was just like, uh, just totally surprised by how things were working out. And so it almost became, I almost couldn't wait to get another paycheck. I almost couldn't wait, because I just started getting money in the mail. Uh, I thought like I had a closing on my house. I got you know I got a little money back on on the closing, and then uh, everything was all settled and everything was done. And about four weeks later, I'm just you know saying God, I, you know I just you know I'm still I'm still strapped in some areas, and I still need some help. All of a sudden, I'd get another check in the mail. I even called my realtor and said, "Is this does this really happen?" And he goes, "Hey, just cash it. It's good." So I I did, and I tied on it, and I paid bill. I paid another bill with it. So. I just I just kept doing that, and uh, it was amazing to see how God just provided for those for those bills that I had. So with that, I just I can't help but not continue to do what I'm doing to keep tithing because I'd be afraid to go the other way, and I don't want to do that. I want to keep moving forward. Good morning, everyone. Take out your Bibles, your mobile devices this morning, and turn to the book of Leviticus. Don't usually say Leviticus, but turn to Leviticus. It's our third book in your Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, chapter 27. If you're using one of the Bibles, you may have picked up at the door. It's on page 54. Uh, this morning, we continue our five-week series. This is our fourth week in our series called Strapped, Learning to Manage Our Money God's Way. Because as we've been saying over and over each week, help me out, church, we don't serve money, we serve God, and our money should serve us so we can serve 
God and so we can serve other people. Uh, we talked the last couple of weeks about the importance of the biblical values of self-control when it comes to our finances. Learning to say no to some things so later we can say yes to some things. We learn the biblical value of sacrifice. Giving up something we, we love, you know, maybe like the cable TV or the expensive car for something we love even more, which is to be debt free. We learn to... Uh, to embrace the biblical value of planning, uh, having a budget, uh, telling uh, every dollar where to go before the month begins on paper, spending that and having that plan. Last week we talked about saving and investing. If you weren't here for any of the other three weeks, be sure to go to our website, orchardchurch.tv, and you can catch up with the messages there because each week is built on the other. And really kind of our main text we started this whole series around is Proverbs 22.7 that says that the borrower is servant or slave to the lender. And we're tired of being servants and slaves to lenders, amen? We're tired of being strapped and we don't want to be like most Americans so we're, we're applying these biblical principles so we can live like no one else right now so later we can live like no one else. So uh, I, to help me with a little illustration this morning, um, I need a $100 bill. Anybody got a $100 bill on you for an illustration? Some of you are like, oh yeah, I see this guy. James, you got one? All right, James, come on up here. You got $100? I think they just sold a house, so he's probably loaded this morning. He's probably got a wad of cash. You got $100? Awesome. All right, let's give James a hand. Thanks, James. $100 bill right there. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you, James. This is going to be a good day. We got two services, so I'll be getting two of those. God is good. This is great. God provides. Thank you for that illustration. Appreciate that. Okay, now next week, next week we're, is probably going to be the most practical of all of these weeks as we kind of close out this series and bring it all together with your questions and answers. We're going to give answers to your questions. Uh, some of you have already submitted your questions. Some of you are procrastinating till this week to, to bring them in. So if you go to our website, there's a link on there. Just click on that. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. But please send us your questions, any questions you've had about any of these weeks in Strap. And next week we're going to answer those questions in a very uh, practical way. Uh, today we're going to talk about the buck start here. The buck starts here. And as you saw in the video with Nick, uh, it's, we're going to talk about tithing today. And it's probably the most spiritual of all of our lessons. Now, as we say we're going to talk about tithing today, let everybody just right now go, oh, man. Yeah, because I know that's how some of y'all are feeling. You know, here we go. I met some guests coming in this morning, and I was, I was already warning them, okay, I just want to let you know, we do this only about once a year where we take a Sunday or two and we talk about tithing, and so I'm always nervous when guests show up on that Sunday and they think, oh, it's one of those kind of churches. And so this is kind of a once-a-year thing, and we're going to talk about that today. And you know, I used to be, when we first started Orchard Church about seven years ago, uh, for the first few years, I didn't talk about tithing at all. I think we went like four or five years before I ever did a message or two on tithing because I didn't want to be one of those churches and I was afraid to talk about it. And then I noticed people in our church started asking me questions. You know, what does the Bible say about tithing? You know, what does that teach us? What do, what do I need to know about that? And I, and I began to get kind of convicted that, you know, we, we are a, a church that talks a lot about teaching all of God's word and going verse by verse through that. And I was like, why am I skipping that? And I realized I'm robbing some of you guys of a blessing if you don't understand what the Bible says about this subject. And so now about once a year, we, we pull this out and we talk about it. So I want to start by the, with answering this question. What is tithing? And you have this in your notes. What is tithing? There are two things that, that I want to tell you tithing is. First of all, and you have this in your notes. Tithing is returning the first percent 
10% of your gross income to God's church. Tithing is returning the first 10% of your gross income to God's church. That's what tithing is. Now, let me biblically show you uh, where that comes from. And so, you know, I didn't just make this up. You know, oh, that sounds very convenient that a pastor would say that for the church. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says, And all the what of the land? The tithe, not, not some of the tithe, not a little bit of the tithe, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, in other words, however your income comes in, it is whose church? Everybody say the Lord's. So the tithe is whose? It's the Lord's. The tithe belongs to the Lord. He goes on to say here, it is holy to the Lord. That word holy means to be set apart for someone else. And, and what Leviticus tells us and many other scriptures is that the tithe doesn't even belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. It's holy. It's set apart to Him. Now the word tithe, and you have this in your notes, is from the Hebrew word ma'aser. Ma'aser. And it means a tenth. It means 10%. That's what the word tithe means. It's, it's, a, it's actually a mathematical term, meaning tenth or ten percent. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people today, they exchange the word give for tithe. They say, well, you know, I, I tied twenty dollars. I got a thousand dollars and I tied twenty. But that's not possible mathematically. If you, if you received a thousand dollars and you tithe, it wouldn't be twenty dollars, it would be $100. And so we, we got to make sure that we don't confuse giving and tithing. Those are two separate things because a tithe is a mathematical term. It is how much, church? 10? 10%. 10%. And so we got to be careful with that. You know, that we don't say, well, I, I tithe when I feel like it. I, I give a little here. I give a little extra there. A tithe is clearly 10%. Unfortunately, the truth is a lot of people tip God, but they don't tithe to God. And there's a difference between tipping and tithing. You see, tithing is returning to God. Tithing is technically not giving because it doesn't belong to us in the first place as we just saw in Leviticus. If you're with me, say yes. We really don't give it back to God. We're returning it to God because it belongs to him in the first place. Now, some of y'all were like, okay, that was a really neat illustration where you ask somebody for $100 and you just put it in your pocket. Poor James. Well, what you don't know is, is that before the service started, this was my $100 bill. And I went to James and I gave it to James. And I said, at, at a point in the message, I'm going to ask you to return it back to me. Not give it back to me because it was mine in the first place. He just was returning the hundred that belonged to me. Now, can you imagine if I said, anybody got a hundred? Nobody's raising their hand. James can't be found anywhere. He's ran off with it. And I'm like, wait a minute. That wasn't your hundred dollar bill. That was my hundred dollar bill. And I, I, I gave it to you so you could return it to me. Now, if I was God, I would have given that hundred dollar bill to James and I would have just asked for a tenth back. I would have just asked for ten dollars of the hundred back. Because that's what God does. He gives everything to us. Amen? I mean, everything we have is a gift from him. And he just asked at least to begin with for 10% back. And so if I was God, that's what I would have done. But I'm not God. And I would go broke doing that in two services. So I asked for all of it back. Thank you, James, for returning that. Malachi. I want you to turn to Malachi. Chapter 3. It's the very last book, also known as Malachi, the Italian prophet, as I like to refer to him as. Malachi, chapter 3. Verse 8, it's on page 389 if you're using one of the provided Bibles. It's probably one of the most detailed texts in the Bible about tithing. I mean, if you really want to understand what tithing is, how it's supposed to operate, where it's supposed to go, what happens when you don't, it's this passage. And so we're going to spend the rest of our time kind of looking at Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. And notice how it starts out. Now, Malachi the prophet is 
a spokesman for God, and God sends Malachi to talk to his people because they have stopped tithing. They've either started tipping instead of tithing, or they've stopped giving altogether anything to God. And so God has to address them about this subject, because remember, the tithe belongs to who, church? The Lord, but they were keeping it for themselves. And watch what it says in Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And, and, and Israel's like, whoa, we would never rob God. We would never steal from God. What are you talking about? And he says, but you, you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? And what does God say? You've robbed me in what, church? Tithes and offerings. And let me just throw this in here. An offering is anything above the tithe. Once you tithe the 10%, anything you give above that is offering. And in the Bible, you'll find that God not only asks us at least to tithe, but at times asks for an offering as well as God lays it on our heart. He says, you've robbed me with that. And now he says, because of that, you are cursed with a curse because you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Very serious matter that he is addressing here uh, about tithing. I heard one teenager tell this story. He said when he was a teenager, he accepted one of his friends brought him to church, brought him to youth group. He accepted Christ. He, he got saved. And uh, then they asked him to begin serving in the youth group. And they were taking up uh, the offering. They were taking up the tithe in the youth group. And he was asked to be one of the host team, one of the ushers. And so he, he was taking up the, the money. And uh, he said, then I would get that money. And then I would just take a, a dollar out of that in the back and I would run across the street to the 7-Eleven and I'd get me a Slurpee and I would come back and he said I do this like every week at youth group and my friends kept going why do you always go get a Slurpee every week and he's like well I got a little extra money they're like well where did you get the money he's like well once we take up the offering I just grab a dollar out and I go get me a Slurpee and they're like that's not your money that's God's money you're stealing from God and he was like oh I never thought of it that way and the truth is if we're really honest with the scriptures, a lot of people today are stealing from God in the area of tithe, and maybe they don't ever think about it that way. And that's why God puts it that way, to get our attention. I mean, there are Christians driving around in their stolen car. There are people that buy RVs with stolen money that is taken from God. There's people that wear stolen clothes because that 10%, that tithe, is not ours. It belongs to God. Now, okay, we know we're supposed to give 10%. It belongs to God. We return it to Him. But where do we turn it? return it? How do we return it? Who, who do we give it to? Can we give it to a friend, a family member, church? Where, where does it belong? It goes to God's church. And we know this because look what Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says. So God says, you haven't been tithing. You've been stealing from God. You need to get back to tithing that 10%. And He tells him where to bring it he says bring all notice all the tithe not some not most he probably some of them were tipping bring all the tithes into where church the storehouse you see that in the bible bring it into the storehouse well what is the storehouse well in the old testament the storehouse the place where people met for worship was the temple and that was the storehouse. And it was brought there for the work of the Lord. And, and scholars for centuries have, have agreed that the storehouse today, the Old Testament storehouse today, is the local church. It's where you, your place of worship. It's God's house. It's where God's family gathers and meets. It's Today, the New Testament storehouse is the local church. In the Old Testament, it was the temple. I, I heard one pastor tell this story. He said when he became first became a new Christian, he heard a message like this on tithing and giving back to God 
God, returning to God 10%. And so he, that week, he took his paycheck and he took 10% out and he wanted to do something for God. So he went down to his local Christian bookstore. He bought him some new Christian t-shirts. He bought him some CDs. He bought him a new Bible and books. I mean, he just had a great time. And then he was bragging to his friends. He's like, I tithe for the first time this week. And they're like, that's awesome. What, what did you do? And he's told them about the story. And they go, wait a minute. That's not tithing. That's shopping. That's not tithing. It's bringing it back to the Lord through the local church. It's not giving it the 10%, that first 10% in the Bible. It's not giving it to a friend in need. It's not giving it to a family member in need or, or even a missionary. That's where we get into the offering. Anything above the tithe is an offering as God lays on our heart to help other things or other organizations. That falls in the category of offering. So what is a tithe? Tithing is returning the first 10% of our gross income to God's church. Number two, Tithing is returning to God my first and best so he can bless the rest. I like that. It's returning to God my first and best so that he can then bless the rest. I love the way Proverbs 3.9 talks about tithing and it's so clear. And Nick uh, talked about this in the video, how God laid this on his heart. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions or your income, however God blesses you. And with the, what's the next word, church? First fruits. Everybody say first fruits. The first fruits of all your increase. Now, one of the questions we often get asked is this. Should we tithe off the net or should we tithe off the gross of our income? I like the way my father-in-law explains this. He says, he answers it this way. He says, well, do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? That's a pretty good way to look at it. But I think biblically it's clear that if the Bible says we're to tithe off the first fruits of all our increase, is that net or gross? That's, that's gross. The buck starts here. The first. I mean, if Uncle Sam gets to take off the top, don't you think God deserves it even more? Amen? That's what we're talking about here. So the first. We give God our first and best so that he can then bless the rest. And that's what the rest of the scripture says. When you give the first fruits of your increase, then your barns, your life, your family will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's just a description of blessings. When you give God first and best, he blesses the rest. You know, we need to also understand that tithing is one of the most tangible opportunities for us to give worship back to God. So many times when we think of worship, we just think of singing and what we did this morning. And didn't our worship team do an incredible job? They do every week. But you know, worship is not just singing. Worship is also how we live our lives. And, and part of our worship is tithing, returning to God first and best and honoring him in that way by faith going, you know what? I trust God with this, that he's going to bless the rest of what I have if I give first to him. Uh, we, that we understand we are not owners as Christians. We are stewards. We are managers of everything that God has given us. And tithing is one of the most tangible and visible ways for us to put God first and to honor him with the first and best so he can bless the rest. Now besides the fact that scripture is clear that we should tithe and it really should just be a matter of obedience, I want to I answer three things with the rest of our time and that's this, why tithe? Why does God ask us to tithe? We've looked at what the tithe is, but why? Why does God want us to tithe? What is the purpose of it? Let me give you three biblical reasons. First of all, tithing provides for God's work through the church. 
Tithing provides for God's work through the church. Listen, this is something we are very, very passionate about here at Orchard Church. This is why my family moved to Denver, Colorado eight years ago, a, a city we've never lived in. We had no friends, no family, nothing here, but God led us to plant a church here where 95% of the people in Denver metro area claim no church affiliation and many people do not know Christ. Here's why. Because we believe that the local church is the hope and light of the world today. We believe that God has given the great commission to us. There are other good organizations out there doing wonderful things, but ultimately I believe it is the church's responsibility to reach this world for Christ, to make disciples, to help the poor, to help widows, to feed hungry children, to send missionaries around the world. I love the local church. I've given and dedicated my life to the local church, and many of you has as well, because it's the church that God sent his son to die for. Not other organizations. The church is who the Bible says he gave himself for and he, he loved. And, and, and it is our responsibility to reach this world for Christ. And so it only makes sense that God would want the church to be financed so that we can reach the world because it, it costs money. It takes money. Look at Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. It says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse today the local church. Why? That there may be food in my house. That there might be resources to reach the world. And, and you, you guys have heard me say many times, listen, when you hear a message on tithing and giving and things like that, don't think that God needs your money. <laughs> He's God. He owns it all anyway. I mean, that's ridiculous. And I also don't want you to think that Orchard Church needs your money in the sense that, oh, we're talking about tithing because we're, our budget is really tight. You know, we're probably, if we don't have a good offering this Sunday, I don't know if we'll be able to pay our bills next week. That is not the case at all here at Orchard Church. We don't need your money in that sense, and God doesn't need your money in that sense, but you need the blessings of God on your life when you do this, and you help the local church reach its mission and accomplish its mission, and you help Orchard Church do that. Are we doing this message out of need? No, but there are needs. I mean, you know, there's, they don't just let us meet in the school for free. You know, we pay rent here. We have a ministry center we pay for. We have children's ministries and student ministries that, to fund. We have missionaries and missions around the world we take care of. You know, there's, there's uh, salaries to pay, be paid for the ministerial staff here so you can enjoy the, the work of the Lord. And when you tithe at Orchard Church, you help reach this community for Christ. You're a part of that. And listen, we take every dime that comes in here very, very seriously. And we understand that's not our money, that's God's money. And we want to be good stewards of that. And I want to tell you guys again, in the eight years of this church's existence, not for one day, for one moment, have we ever been in debt to anybody as a church. We don't owe anybody anything. We have a savings account. We have money that is stored if God gives an opportunity somehow to help a missionary or to start a new ministry or maybe even someday might, God might open the door for us to have a place of our own. We're not trying to make that happen, but we want to be wise stewards. And if God allows that to happen, we're, we're prepared. We're ready for that. We have a wonderful executive council here. Uh, we met just the other night, seven men in our church that oversee our finances. We meet quarterly and yearly to look at that budget. I, I'm encouraged to tell you uh, how we've been good stewards of your money last year at orchard church we operated 35 percent under our budget 35 percent i wish the government would come and talk to us about how to apply those kind of things and, and do that at most churches around the country the salaries of the staff at most churches are between 55 and 60 percent here at orchard church we run at about 40 percent 
40%. Because we want to have money for ministries and, and freed up. And because we're good. Just kidding. Okay. And here's the deal. You get to celebrate. When you tithe through the local church and we make a difference in this community and world, you've had a part in that. In 2012, we had over 500 people accept Christ as Lord and Savior. We baptized 141 people last year. We had over 100 people in discipleship and 250 people in small groups. And, and when you tithe, you, you can celebrate in that. You've had a part in God's work through this local church. And here's some more good news. A decision we made a, couple, a few years ago here at Orchard Church, we, we were asking you guys to tithe, and God laid on our heart a conviction that we should tithe as a church. So 10% of everything that comes in right off the top goes into our missions account. Last year we had over $100,000 that went directly to missions because we tithe off of your tithe. So when you tithe you not only help this church but you help missionaries and churches around the world. And we were able to buy one of our missionaries a car last year. We've been able to start three feeding centers because some of you not only tithe but you give to those, those feeding centers. And I've got a surprise for you this morning and we did not plan this. God did. Isn't it cool when God plans stuff? I was totally planning to do this message today. I was totally talk, talking about tithing and giving and celebrating, you know, what, how God is blessed and how we've been able to start feeding centers around the world. We get a call from our missionary, Brother Lenny, in Haiti, and he's on his way back to the Philippines, and he says, can I stop in on Sunday and just say hi to Orchard Church? So let's welcome Brother Lenny. Brother Lenny, you back there? Come on out. This is Brother Lenny from Haiti. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm going to have him just say just a couple of words to you guys real quick. Good to have you, Brother Lenny. Good morning to all, and uh, I would like to thank you for your goodness to us, and especially the ministry in Haiti. We're growing there, and uh, right now we have about 172 kids in the school Man. where you support the feeding and uh, the school also. Thank you so much. And I hope you will keep on helping us. Thank you, brother. We will. Thank you, brother Lenny. Good to have you. Good to have you, buddy. Here you go. You can take that backstage. Good to have you here. Isn't that awesome? You guys, I know a lot of you have gone on our mission trips to Haiti. We're going to be doing another mission trip to Haiti uh, with Brother Lenny in December. And so be sure and stop by. He'll be out, out front afterward. But, but, you know, that was an awesome surprise. And I just want to say thank you to our church. You, you guys have been such a blessing. I mean, this ministry would not exist today without so many of you being faithful in tithes and offerings for, for this church to take place. And, and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know some of you here, you don't really need to hear this message, so you guys are the ones that should be amening because you're tithing. And, and we, we thank you for that and those that are giving above the tithe to the feeding centers because when you faithfully tithe and we faithfully and wisely manage the tithe, what God has given us, we can make a difference in this community, in this world, through the local church. And that's exactly God's design. Why tithe? First of all, tithing provides for God's work through the church. Second, why tithe? Tithing teaches us to put God first. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 23 says this, bring this tithe to the designated place of worship. And doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. It teaches you to fear God. The word fear is the Hebrew word yair. It means to respect, to honor, to reverence, or to put first, to, to put God first. And that's one of the things that tithing does. God asks us to tithe because it teaches us to honor God, to worship God, to, to put him first. You know, I, I would challenge you to look at your bank statement. And you know you could tell a lot about a person in their heart by their bank statement. Who is first? 
Do you, do you pay the government first? Do you pay your house first? Do you pay your bills first? Your entertainment? Where does God fall in that? Because tithing is supposed to teach us to put God first. One of the things that we've done in the, in the Dameron household, in, in my home, because we never want to miss an opportunity to tithe and put God first, one of the things we've done is we've taken advantage of the giving online, the tithing and giving online here at Orchard Church. You can go to our website and you can sign up. We love that because as soon as we get paid, automatically it goes out of our account, that, that 10%, which for us it's, it's much more than that because we give to feeding centers and other things, it's closer to 20%, and it goes out automatically because we never want to miss an opportunity to put God first and to honor Him in that way. We love it because if we're out of town we're on vacation or whatever we still know that you know whether we're here or not we're tithing right off every every month as we get paid it goes out and i'd really encourage some of you that will help you to be more faithful to god in your tithes and your offerings and your giving is to just sign up online for that you can do it on our website you can do it on the envelope you know summer is coming up and every pastor knows that summer there's always this kind of slump not only in attendance but in giving and, and I mean, can you imagine if we approached our, our other bills that way? Well, you know, hey, I'm on vacation for a couple of weeks. I'm not at home. I don't need to pay my house payment. I'm not there. I don't need to pay my electric bill or my water. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not there. And that's how some people approach church. Well, I tithe if I'm there, but if I'm not there, I'm not going to tithe. And that's not putting God first. And so online really can help you with that. You know, we know that in other areas of our life, we're supposed to put God first. You know, it's a good idea to get up in the morning and spend some time with God, to put Him first. Doesn't your day go better when you put God first in the morning? We know that we put God first with the first day of our week. That's what you're doing this morning. You're starting your week. Sunday is the first day of our week. It's Sunday starting with God, putting Him first by being in His house. And another way to put God first is through the tithe. Now, for, to do that, it requires faith. And that's a good thing in the Christian life, Amen. To have our faith grown? Because when we put God first, we have faith that God is going to bless and take care of the rest. If we wait to pay all of our other bills and then try to tithe, first of all, that's not biblical. But second of all, that doesn't require faith, does it? No. That's putting God last instead of God first. And that is, does not require faith. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're, you're, you're sweating bullets right now. And you're, 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 you're going, oh man, I don't know how many. Pastor Doug, you don't understand. I'm strapped. You know, that's what this series is about. I'm strapped. And in order for me to tithe, I would have to make major changes in my life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Major changes in your life to put God first. Not a bad thing. Major changes in your life so your faith is built. Not a bad thing. You might have to reprioritize your life around God. You might have to sacrifice some things to put God first. Yes. Yes. Those are all good things that God wants to see happen in our life. And putting God first to the tithe is a pattern throughout the Bible. It is a pattern throughout Scripture. It, it never fails whenever, you know, we talk about tithing, whether it's corporately as a church or individually. Someone will say, well, wait a minute. Tithing was just something in the Old Testament. That was just in the Old Testament law, and we're now living the New Testament, and we're under grace, which is true. And so tithing doesn't apply to us today because that was in the Old Testament law. But did you know that 400 years before Moses' law came along, Abraham tithed. Jacob tithed. They put God first. 400 years. You see that pattern there? You see it certainly given instruction in it, in the law. And then you get to the New Testament. And if you won't trust anybody else about tithe, would you trust what Jesus has to say about it? Would you believe him? I mean, would it be good enough if Jesus told us to tithe? To tithe? 
Here's what Jesus said. He was, he was uh, talking to a group of Pharisees. He was getting up in their grill. He, he did that a lot with the Pharisees because they needed it. And Matthew 23, 23, he said this. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herbs and gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, faith. And watch what Jesus says. You should what? You should tithe. Yes, keep doing that. You should tithe, yes. But also don't neglect the more important things. Jesus said the tithe is just the beginning. It's the starting place. You see it before the law, you see it during the law, and you see Jesus in the New Testament commending it after the law. He says tithe, yes, but it's just the beginning. Tithing, really the 10% returning that that belongs to God anyway, is really kind of the training wheels. It's the training wheels of stewardship is the, is the tithe. You know, and, and if we want to play that, for those that want to play that Old Testament game, you know, well, it's Old Testament, it's not New Testament. You know what I find out, what I read throughout my Bible? That whatever the law said, grace in the New Testament goes even further. The Bible, Jesus even said, where, where the law was, grace did more abound. Jesus always raises the bar, he never lowers it. You know, the law said, don't murder. Jesus said, you don't even hate somebody. You know, the law said you shouldn't commit adultery. Jesus said, if, if you even look on a woman in lust, it's like you've already committed adultery. The law said tithe, 10% return it, it belongs to God. And the New Testament says, tithing is just the beginning. You should also give an offering over and above that. You should, and not just give your tithes and offerings, but give your life to the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord. Extend justice and mercy and faith and put God first in every area of your not life, not just tithing. See, Jesus never goes backwards. He always leads us forward. Amen? So why tithe? Because it provides for God's work through the church, and it teaches us to put God first. And then number three, tithing builds our faith in God. It builds our faith in God. Let's look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 one more time. It says, Bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now. God says, try me now, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. You know what, what God is saying here? He's saying, listen, just try me, test me. Let me show you how I will build your faith in this area, this tangible area of tithing. If, if you put me first, and with your best, I will promise to bless the rest. And this is the only place I have ever seen in Scripture where God says, try me. Give it a try. Watch how I build your faith. Watch what I'll do in your life. Watch how I'll take care of you. Watch how I'll, I'll bless you. Watch how I will protect you. By faith, it's saying, by faith, I'm going to give God my first and best so he can bless the rest. It's believing that living on 90% with God's blessings is more than trying to live on 100% without his blessings. Now, let me, let me say this loud and clear. I don't want anybody to misunderstand this. This is not some pro, you know, prosperity gospel message. You know, God is not some cosmic slot machine. You know, and if you tied, man, you've just pulled the lever on the cosmic slot machine, and now you're just going to, you know, have this financial jackpot that's going to take place in your life. That is not what I'm saying. That is not what I believe God is saying. Because God promises to provide for our need, but not our greed. And there's a difference in those two. He does promise to take care of us, though, for our needs, but not our greed. And I believe that God can and will bless us in greater ways than even money can buy. 
How many of you would agree there's some things in your life that you like to see God do that you can't buy with money? Like your marriage, your family, your children, your health. And God can bless in those ways. And sometimes it can be tied to us putting God first through, through the tithe. I want to close out with a challenge. It's something we've done the last couple of years here at Orchard Church. It's called the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. I want to ask you guys to take out your newsletters, if you would. And there at the bottom of your connection card, you'll see a little box that says 90-Day Tithe Challenge and an email, a place for your email address. <clears throat> and this is something we did a couple of years ago. We do it about once a year. And here's how it works. We're going to challenge you, those of you who are not faithfully tithing, Either you never have and it's time to test God and try God in this area of your life and see the amazing things God will do. Or for some of you, every year when we talk about this, you've fallen off and now it's time to get back on again. And maybe this will be the year, you know, that it'll stick. You know, maybe you used to, but you tithe and now you just tip. You, you give, but you're not returning to God what belongs to Him the whole time. We're going to challenge you to do what Malachi 3.10 says. Try God. Test God in this area of your life in a very tangible way. By checking that box and giving us your email address, you're saying, I'm going to sign up for the 90-day tithe challenge. And here's what it looks like. I'm going to tithe 10% of my gross income to the local church for the next 90 days. And I'm going to see if God doesn't build my faith. I'm going to give him my first and best and see if he doesn't bless the rest. Now, here's the deal. You may not have enough faith and trust in what God will do, but we do. And we're going to help you with this to help you grow your faith. If it, it, ni- at the end of 90 days or any time in that 90 days, you don't believe that God has blessed you. You don't believe he's getting true to your word. You let me know. You let us know. We will give every dime back to you. No questions asked. No questions asked. Tithe for 90 days, see what God does, and if you don't see God do something miraculous and bless you in your life, and true to his word, we'll give it all back to you. And we've had hundreds of people in our church take this tithe challenge. Now here's why we want your email address. It's not so we can bug you and go, hey, you said you were going to tithe. No, this is between you and the Lord. Here's why we want your email address. I don't even need your name. I just need your email address because everybody who signs up for the 90-day tithe challenge, I'm going to put you, we're going to, our secretary put you in an email database, 90-day tithe challenge and we're going to send you encouragements you know and some scriptures and here's most important why we want your email address because we want you to email us we'll do give you a welcome email so that's where you know where to send it to and when God blesses you and he will and miraculous things happen in your life as you step out on faith and trust him we want to hear about it and then we'll take your name off of it but we will send out those blessings each week to everybody who's in the 90 day tithe challenge and so everyone can share in those blessings and everyone can enjoy what God is doing throughout our church does that sound like a good idea amen church that's what the 90 day tithe challenge is so we want to hear those stories send them to us so we can send them back out to you and take the 90 day tithe challenge All right. I want you to watch this video this is a, a couple in our church that took the 90 day tithe challenge a year ago and I want you to hear what God did in their life as you guys consider uh, checking that box. If you check the box, give us your email, tear that off, you can drop it in the offering at the end in just a moment. So watch this. Hi, we're Scott and Laura Nordby. And a couple of years ago, Doug rolled out the 90 Day Tithe Challenge. And it was something that I knew that I definitely wanted to do. And Scott was not very sure of it at the time. We were uh, pretty good tippers at that point, Um, definitely not faithful tithers, and we had a lot of personal conversation about it, and we decided to take on the challenge. 
we talk about, uh, or we talk about, or we hear about tithing, and and uh, in a lot of ways, you could I could manipulate, or you know, do we really tithe off what we our company makes? Do we tithe off what we make? Do we tithe off what we bring home? And if we're helping family, is that a tithe? If or we're doing other offerings, can we consider that, that as a tithe? A tithe? And so we we've been through, you know, and at one point we just finally. Um, by faith, we just jumped in, and and everything that we make, we tithe um, first, and we give it to God first. And I will say that there were, at the time that this 90-day challenge rolled out for Scott and I, um, we were at a point with our business of contemplating just shutting the doors. Uh, it was very tough. It was a very tough marketplace. We were in a very tough place financially, and the idea of tithing and tithing on a regular basis created a lot of stress for both of us and um, definitely allowed us many opportunities to find an excuse as to why we were not going to tithe or why we shouldn't tithe that week. But being that we were in the challenge, we held each other accountable to it, and um, it was amazing what has come out of it. Our business now is in a better place than it has ever been, even beyond our imagination, I would have to say. Um, every month, the blessings just continue to come in. So how the 90-day challenge affected our faith is monumental. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, different times during my life, of course, I always asked for signs that what I was doing was correct. And sometimes those prayers would be answered and sometimes those prayers wouldn't be answered. However, through this challenge, I think we were both so focused on um, making it through from day to day that we weren't really focused on what the big picture was going to be. And what we didn't realize until much later is how as every day passed and as every week passed that we were faithfully tithing, how that increased our relationship with Christ and how it made our relationship so much better and our relationship with our kids so incredibly better to where Faith just resides with us now. At this point, anybody sitting on the fence, if I was going to talk to them, or if I could sit down and, and uh, spend time with them, I would, you know, in the bottom of my soul, I would just say, trust God on this, and uh, tithe uh, 10%, and don't look back, and blessings will, the blessings will come rolling in the door um, over and over and over, um, and God will answer the prayers. You just have to trust. I hope that encourages you guys a little bit, that, that testimony. We appreciate the Nordbees uh, sharing that with us. And if you guys are ready to take that challenge, like I said, just check the box, give us your email, tear that off, drop it in the offering bucket, we'll send you a welcome email to the 90-Day Tide Challenge. And please, please, the most important part of this is send us those testimonies as God blesses you in one way or another so we can send them out and we'll encourage everyone. 
And, uh, you know, God, God is, is saying here in Malachi chapter 3, if I could sum it up, he's saying, test me, try me, test me in this area of tithing and watch now how I will build your faith. Watch how I'll do things that you can't even imagine and how that will grow your faith. So why should we tithe? It provides for God's church who's trying to reach this world and community for Christ. It teaches us to put God first and it builds our faith. And tithing is saying, I, I'm going to give God my first and my best and I'm going to believe by faith he's going to bless the rest. Would you bow your heads this morning with heads bowed for just a moment as we reflect on the message I just want to ask you simply this. If you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I, I want God to bless me. I want him to grow my faith. I, I want to help the church reach this community. I want to put God first. I want to worship him through giving. And I want to be obedient in this area. And God has spoken to me about tithing. Could, could you slip up your hand for prayer? And I want to pray for you all across the auditorium this morning if God has spoken to you in this area. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are everywhere in every section. Let me just pray for, for you folks. Lord, I just pray for those who you have really challenged their heart this morning in the area of tithing. I pray, Lord, that they have seen something in your word that you, through your spirit, have spoken to them. Lord, to, to understand this area of their life, how important it is and how much it can be a blessing to them and how much it can grow their faith and how it can teach them to put you first. And God, I pray that they would not in any way see this as, well, the church wants my money or God needs my money, but that, Lord, it's an area of obedience where there are so many spiritual truths that come out of this. And, and it really shows us more, shows you, God, more than anything else that, that you have a heart. Because where our treasure is, there's our heart also. And I pray that you give, be, give the strength and faith to these people to step out on faith, uh, to take the 90-day tithe challenge, to take your, your word in Malachi, to see what you will do as they trust you and they try you in this area of their life. And with heads bowed and eyes, eyes closed, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're not just putting God first with our tithe. But we're putting God first with our time, with our talents, with our service, with our heart, you know, through our church. Uh, that we're putting God first by spending time with Him each day in, in, in word and in prayer and our relationship. And so, you know, forget about the, the money and the tithe for a moment. How many of you would just say, you know what, I could do more to put God first in a lot of areas of my life. And I want to make sure that I do that in every area of my life. Can I pray for you? Would you slip up your hands all across the auditorium? Yes, many, many hands. Lord, we pray that we would put you first. You deserve to be first, Lord. That you... you belong in the first place in our life in every area and Lord we pray that we would live a life that is honoring and glorifying and worships you by putting you first because you deserve it and one more thing as heads bowed and eyes closed if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior listen he's not interested in your money today he doesn't want a dime from you but he wants your life he wants your heart as you open it to Him. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you be willing to put Him first by opening your life and heart to Him today for the first time? You know, you can make a decision right where you sit, by faith, to open your heart and life to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I've never really invited you in, and I want you to be first in my life. I want you in my life. I want you to forgive my sins. I want to have a relationship with you. And if you're ready to make that decision, by faith, I want to lead you in a prayer of faith right now that you can pray from your heart to God's to invite Jesus into your life and make him first. Now it's not the prayer you say or the words you say, but it's where, the, where this prayer comes from, the faith from your heart. And if you mean it, you can say it from your heart to God's right now where you sit. And it just goes like this. Pray it with me. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me to pay for my sins. I ask you today, Jesus, by faith, forgive me of my sins. Allow me to be part of your family. 
give me eternal life. And thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your family. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that you would be first in my life in the days ahead. Thank you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer of faith for the first time, I'd love to pray for you and your new walk with Christ as you grow in your relationship with Him. Would you just slip up your hand all across the auditorium? Anyone, you'd say, yes, I prayed that prayer of faith to invite Jesus into my life for the first time today. Can I pray for you, anyone at all? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Let me pray for you. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? Yes, I pray that. Thank you to my left. Yes, ma'am, thank you. Anyone else? Let me pray for you folks. Lord, I thank you for those who put their faith and trust in you today. They open their heart and life to you. They've had their sins forgiven and they're now part of your family. And we welcome them in to the family of God as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray that they would grow in their relationship with you and with other believers in the days ahead. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Can we welcome those new people into the family of God and the decisions today? Amen.